With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Three hundred and twenty appearances, sixty goals, and sixty-four assists. Welcome to the first ever raw milk meat. Let's have it. Hello everybody and welcome to the first ever Raw Milk Meet. These are a little bit different to our review episodes. In these episodes we'll be speaking to faces around the club, both past and present, to gain a first-hand insight into what makes Accrington Stanley Football Club so special to all of us. In this first episode I sat and had a chat to a man who has divided opinions over the years, but has silenced his doubters time and time again and carved his name as a true club legend. With over 300 Football League appearances, 60 goals, 64 assists and plenty left in the tank, players don't come much bigger than Mr Sean McConville. In this first part of our two-hour conversation, we discussed life in lockdown, the season so far and his first spell with the club. I'd like to thank Sean for giving up his time and I hope you enjoy the interview. Cheers guys, enjoy. Okay then, Sean McConville, thanks very much for joining me. Um, it's an absolute pleasure to speak to you, especially on a match day as well. Uh, first of all, how are you, mate? How are things in lockdown? Are you doing any homeschooling? Any sort of that? Any of that stuff going on for you, or is it just all relaxed? No, thanks for having me on, mate. And I'm your first guest, so um, hopefully we can make it uh, as fun as we can, and you know the fans will enjoy it. But um, yeah, no, just um, as you say, a bit gutted not playing tonight. Obviously, we're being a bit uh, a bit silly and in what happens and what whatnot. But no, me, yeah, it's just it's it's frustrating watching games. But uh, you know, just just taking along as normal, trying to train and be right for when um, for when I go back in next week. This lockdown hasn't been too bad. You know, I suppose it's a worse for people who actually can't go to work and who are stuck in the house. You know, a privilege where. You know, we get to go and get to go out in the morning and, you know, see our friends and teammates and have that little bit of banter what other people don't really. So, um, as I say, a bit blessed with that side because uh, 
you know, the people that are struggling at home and, you know, can only get out for an hour or two exercise, you know, I think that was me then. I would be in, I would be in a bit of trouble because being quite an active person and trying to be, you know, get out there, it, it, I think I'd struggle with the mental side of that. But as you say, lucky enough, we're, we're, uh, we're in playing games and, and training and trying to, uh, trying, to, trying to get three points tonight, hopefully. How weird has it been for you? How, how different has it been sort of being in and having no fans there and sort of putting up with it's, the tests? It's terrible. You know, people might dress it up, but it's crap. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I'm a type of player that, that feeds off the fans. I have done all my career. You know, I love the I love the rivalry when we play away from home and you're getting a load of stick for, you know, for buying your team files and for, you know, doing little niggly things and, you know, winding them up. And I love the fact when the own fans are there and, you know, you, you're trying to impress them and, you know, they're like that 12th man, as you call them, and, you know, they're, they're digging it over the line and, you know, you know you've got to perform and, like these games behind closed doors, they just glorify friendlies. You know, it's saying up to them now, and it's just it's rubbish. There's no, there's no one at the ground, no scattered stewards. You know, having to go at you for not walking in with a mask on, and it's like, come on, mate. There's no one in the ground. You know, I'm not gonna give give anyone COVID here. Yeah. It's just yeah. it's just a big it's just a big mess. I know it's a needs must, but for me, it's and we're having a good season. But you know, you know, if it continues after this season. I wouldn't like to be part of the game for much longer if it was behind closed doors because you just don't get nothing from it. You know, football, like you say, is for playing in front of the fans, for having that, you know, being able to celebrate when you score with them and, as I say, winding the away fans up when, when you play away from home and in front of packed houses, you know, and especially in our league, some of the grounds that you go to, especially when you, you see an empty stadium, it's just a shame. And we've had some really good games. You know, I was thinking the Bristol Rovers game, the 6-1 the other day, if the fans were there, you know, they wouldn't have been. They would have. They would have loved that. And I commented it to Jimmy Bell after the game. I said, "You know, we, we won six one, and you usually like you built up, like get in, get in. You go and clap the fans, and you walk into the changes, and you've got that raw emotion still going on. That didn't happen. So you're six one, and you're shaking hands with the referee. You're not even shaking hands. You're fist pumping now, which is which is a shambles. And then you're walking into the changing room and. You know, only two of the four showers work because of the cold. Well, saying that, that actually, it's only usually one of the four showers that work anyway. But you know, you, you know, you're still separated, and you've got to queue up for this. It's just, it's, as I say, it's not, it's not great, mate. And I, I personally don't enjoy it. You know, I haven't since the start of it, and for me, it's got worse as the um, the games have, have progressed. Even though we're doing well, you know, for me, without the fans, it's it's rubbish. Yeah, I think from my point of view, I've been I've been going to a few of the home games, writing reports for the paper, and like you say, it just feels shit to me. I mean, it's yeah. I was at that six-one game, and I just thought I came away, and I just I, like you say, I wasn't buzzing at all, really. Like it's a good performance, yeah. but like like you say, it's got a friendly feeling to it, even though it is it is a league game. I mean, like watching Liverpool last night in the Champions League and stuff like that. It's just not. Massive empty stadium. Like, what's the point? Um, yeah, well, you know and, yourself, mate. You know, after after a win, there's not a more, there's not a more, there's nothing better than getting yourself in the bar and having a pint and yeah. you know talking about the game and what's going on and the incidents in the game. You know what's happened. Talking about you know the the previous game that was away from home that you've missed because you're back at home, um, and it's just that it's just that um, the social side of it that 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 I'm sure plenty of fans miss. You know, probably probably that side the fans miss more than the actual game of football. I think you know, so. Going to the meeting, meeting the lads at two o'clock, half one in the pub. You know, having a few pints, walking down to the grounds, getting a you know a beer or whatever, going into the grounds, singing your songs, and then hopefully after the win, I, I'm convinced that Northampton game the other week we were probably there. If, if we had fans in that game, we would have won because we got to a spell in the second half where we sort of kicked in, and with the fans being there, they would have pushed us on. And I'm I'm I know for a fact we would have won that game two or three. You know, I've played in loads of them with the fans there and games have hinged on like little tight moments like that where we get our tails up and the fans kick into gear and you think, right, come on, let's get a goal, let's get two, let's win the game. And especially at our ground, that happens quite a lot. But no, like like I said, it's 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 crap, mate. And as I say, that I miss that social side as well because, you know, I like to integrate with the fans after games and, you know, I like to, 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 you know, me and Billy were, were big on that side, you know, and 
you know, being that key from the fans to the players and, you know, getting getting other players, even the young lads into the bar after the game to, you know, to sign autographs, to, to take pictures with the youngsters and, you know, building that next generation of fans. I know the chairman loved that side of it and, as I say, I miss all that now and hopefully, um, you know, the same May maybe, so hopefully we can have that back next season. Yeah, I, th- I think it makes it better, bittersweet as well that we are doing quite well this year as well because after everything, you just think to yourself, fucking hell, no one's going to see it sort of thing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like you say, hopefully it'll be around. This, I mean, you don't want to get into too too much uh, politics there, but I don't know, hopefully this vaccine will sort it out sooner rather than later. Um, yeah. And we can, well, I don't see us being in by the end of the season. Um whatever happens, but hopefully by next year, at least, um, yeah. we can be back around. What, what's it like then for you? So, obviously, you're out with the team today with the the altercation against Northampton the other week. Yeah. What does match day look like for you when you're not involved in the side then? Do you still travel? Do you still go in? Yeah, so the gaffer's quite keen on, you know, Maybe like like some me, Gary Roberts, or a few of the experienced lads if we're not available, just just travelling on the bus and you know giving our know how and our experience around the lads who who are playing. Maybe that little bit of advice, yeah. you know, a half time. Can you go into someone and say, listen, I've noticed you're doing this. Can you do this a little bit better? As I say, you know, we're we're clocking up so many games. You've got quite a young side, so if you can pass on a little bit of knowledge to one of the um, the younger lads or even one you know one of the, the mid mid twenties lads then you know that could be that could be crucial to maybe them going out in the second half and maybe popping up with a goal or something like that. So you know he does like you know he does like that 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 experience around him on away trips. Although sometimes it's not great when you you're not in the squad and you've got to travel to Plymouth or or yeah. somewhere which I which I have done in the past. But you know he makes it fun. If you're not in the squad and he makes you travel down there he'll have like you know a bit of a bit of a quiz and you know, he might let you have a you know a shandy with him and the staff. Um, so it is what it is. You know, today I look like I think we're meeting the coach at four o'clock. We'll we'll get to Doncaster for half five, and then you know it'll be a tough game, mate. You know, they're, they're a good side, and you know playing them down the years, they've always been a good football side. But one that one that I always felt like I, I have a little bit of a soft centre to them, and if you can get stuck into them and stop them playing their game similar to the Lincoln game you know I feel like you know we play well the other night and if we can if we can carry that that momentum on you know we're not getting the results which probably our performances deserve the last couple of games but hopefully we, we, we can uh, we can get that win tonight because it's uh, you know we want to put ourselves in that in that uh, in that pack with the with the playoffs yeah I'm just looking at the league now so we currently sit uh, we're recording this on the 17th as we as you've just said, we travel to Doncaster tonight in fifth. We are ninth. I mean, like you said, we, we need to keep up with that pack, don't we? Um, a win tonight would put us back into the playoff places. Um, like you said, we are playing at the minute, and we, the results maybe just haven't gone for us. Um, but we've got a really good record at Doncaster as well. I was looking at that the other day. Um, you know yourself, don't you? You've scored there um, two years yeah. ago in the game to keep us up. And Paul as well has got a good record there. So I've I've been there when we I went to the game when we drew two two a couple of years ago when Shane McCartan scored. Um yeah. when he's so I think we can go there and cause some problems, I think. I think the captain's out as well, that Tom Anderson. He was injured at yeah. Ford. Concussion, was it? Yeah, so I spoke about that yesterday. Joe Wright went in, didn't he? Obviously exactly. Yeah, well, Tom Anderson actually was in the year above me at school. Went to went to school in in Accrington. Yeah, he's from Burnley. Yeah. So I play with Tom. I play with him. Um, Barrow. Oh yeah, what's he like? Is he yeah. all right? He's a good lad. Yeah, he's um, he just dead the back of your head in games. He, he's like no nonsense centre half. He'll just put yeah, he'll kick yeah. But he's a he's a gentle giant. He won't mean it. Yeah, he's a great lad. Yeah, probably um, he. League one, league two, he, he, he yeah, he's done very well, and he always thought he would because he's like, as I say, he's no nonsense and he's a strong boy, very strong. He should always have good battles with Billy Keaton. I think the gaffer's tried to sign him a couple of times, to be honest. He's been about, hasn't yeah. he? He's been at Port Vale, like you say, Barrow as yeah, well. So, yeah. I'd be surprised to see him uh, end up at Aki at some stage in his career. 
You think maybe. so? Yeah, I think he's still based. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised, mate. Still based around here, I think. Um, what's it like then? I mean, we, when we spoke last year for the fanzine, you did say that you felt like there were maybe another promotion left in the side while you were there. Did, did, how did you expect this season to go? Do you, are we doing better than you thought we would? Or well, you did, know, well after last after last year, we um, we just didn't get that well. We did, we sort of had a little bit of a, a run before Christmas, didn't we? And then I think we picked up a couple of wins over Christmas, and we we were maybe six points after playoffs. But certain way, and right last year with the squad, you know, I felt that as a group, something didn't click. You know, that you know we we've always um, we've always had good dressing rooms at Aki, and that's why we've we've done so well. You know, the gaffers created that that team spirit and that togetherness with with the. Uh, with players and sort of the senior players sort of dictate that. But last year, I just don't think we got a lid on it. We had too many um, little groups of people and not being able to all pull together in the same direction. And to be honest, when the lockdown came around, we were on a terrible run. So I was thinking, you know, just cement cement our place in, um, in League One like we did the season before and, you know, we get, rid of, get rid of, I wouldn't say bad eggs, but just players that, didn't really buy into the, the team ethos of you know what we're about and he did that he did that in the summer got rid of who we had to get rid of and you know I think I think a big part of his recruitment in the summer was that they had to buy into the, the team the team spirit and they had to you know buy into the way we train buy into the way he wants us to play and as I say, he's done that unbelievable with some of the signings. You know, you think like your Matt Butchers and players like that. You know, he's um, his recruitment in the summer for me was spot on, and that's key to to for us having a push. You know, if you'd asked me last year towards the end, and you said, "Do you think we can have a a push for the championship this year?" I would have been honest and said no. But then, you know, after his recruitment in the summer, a bit of a slow start, which I expected because you know a big turnover of players, but. You know, since it's clicked into gear, it's like, um, you know, we're coming up on the rails, and I, you know, I don't think, I think, I think if anything's going to stop us, it'll be suspensions, injuries, because squad bars. If, if we have five or six out, you know, you look at the two strikers in form now, with Paul behind. If, if a couple of them were to pick up a, a couple of bad injuries with the window closed, will we maybe lack at the top ends, possibly? So, it, a couple of injuries, suspensions. That might hinder us, but if we keep everyone fit and uh, suspension free, then we've got every chance. You know, you've been at games yourself. You know, there's nothing in this league that 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 we've played against that you'd think, wow, you know, they're going to win the league. You know, we beat Hull. You know, Hull were top. We played Lincoln. They were top the other day, and we we dominated that game. And I think the manager speaks about it a lot. It's, you know, there's a lot of luck involved in the game, and you know, if you score the first goal, generally, if we do the way we play I think we go on to win the game and you know the other night was was a bit different you know we, we conceded two sloppy goals but I feel like we I feel like we can minimum get in the playoffs this year minimum He spoke about signings there he always seems to pull a few gems out doesn't he people like Butcher Burgess has, has come in well Nottingham somebody who who I asked Blackpool fans about him and they said, well, yeah, he's, he's not all that sort of thing. He's come in and been absolutely quality, hasn't he? Um, and yeah, yeah, you add that to sort of the loan signings that we get in. And this year, I can't really remember a better squad, to be fair, um, in terms of ability. No, you're right. You're right. You're right, Josh. And you, you think about the, you know, the cat, the keeper, you know, where he's got in from. And he's courted him for a while. You know, he didn't settle... And there was probably a stage where he thought that he might not get him. But he he, he, um, he didn't go out and sign. You know, he put his faith in a young lad in Toby who'd, who'd done well. Yeah. But then he brought Nathan in who's just like took it to another level. You know, he's um, he's certainly the best cat I've played with by 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 a country mile. And I've played with some good ones. You know, I'm thinking of um, Marek at Fulham who took them out the championship last year. Top keeper. But for me, Nathan's uh, Nathan's by far the best I've played with and I think he will go on and play in Chelsea's first team um, you know like you say you add to that you, you Matt Butchers who's a, who's a great lad and he's um, he's come in hit the ground run um, Cameron he's played a lot of football league games he's quite young 
but he's a he's a he's a he's a, he's a top player and and not I couldn't believe Notts was thirty one when he told me when he come in. I thought he was about twenty four. He's got a. Um, it doesn't look like um. He looks like a young player, doesn't he? To be fair, moves like he a does, young player. Yeah. That's some nice uh, face cream in his wash bag that makes yeah. him uh, look young. I have to learn me some. Um, I he's got a good squad, yeah. What's it been like for you then playing in that midfield three now? Moving in, do you see yourself playing there long term or? Yeah, it's you know what it's been. Um... It's been it's been tough because as I've played one over three hundred odd games now for Aki and I've probably played ten centre midfield. So I'm learning the position, you know. I'm watching players who play in that position, and you know, not just our games, games generally that are on the telly. You know, I'm trying to better myself. You know, we've got a couple of good coaches who can sit down and go through your clips with you and. Just getting to grips with it. I mean, you know, I've played I've played on the left all my career, so um coming back from from the injury that I come back from, the gaffer felt that he he's seen a role for me in um in that centre midfield role. And like I said, but I think I've played what I think I've played maybe seven or eight games since I've come back from the injury and I think I've done well. You know, I'd like to add more goals to the game. Um that would be the next step, you know popping up with a goal here and there which you usually do but it's just just keep learning just keep learning the position and you know while I'm in the team keep winning games which is important and um, see where it takes us but I wouldn't say that that would be my position for uh, forever now you know I could quite easily slot slot back into that left um, left hand side role or you know it, just, it depends on what formation he's playing you know, I felt like coming back from the injury, we were playing 3 5 2, so to throw me back into that wing role, I think my tongue would have been hanging out after like 20 minutes because you're up and down and you're up and down. And I don't think uh, it would have been feasible, you know, coming off a long term injury to just throw me into that left wing back role because it's a tough shift and you've got to, you know, stats wise, you've got to do over 12k a game when you, when you play that position. and it's a bit different in midfield. You probably do more short, sharp bursts, like high-intensity sprints, mm. than you would wing-back, where it's up and down, constant up and down. In the middle of the park, you're more pressing, 10 yards here, 10 yards there, you know, little runs with the ball. So it's a different type of running. But as I say, once I've got, which which I have now, you know, got, got my legs back and back in the team, I'm sure the manager, whatever position he sees best, will play me, but... As I say, I enjoy the role. I enjoy any any role in the team I play. You know what I'm like. I just just want to be out there and you know scoring goals and trying to impress. I think it can only be a good thing for you as well in it. In terms of like you and Jordan over the last couple of years were our more probably our most prominent sort of threats in them wing roles, and then the change in formation earlier this season those roles have become sort of even more prominent in the team, haven't they? Um, so then for you to come in and be able to play centre midfield as well can only really be a positive thing for you moving forward. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like you said, it was, um, for years, it was it was Jordan on the right, show on the left. You know, the, the, the gaffer didn't even have to lead the team. It was just, it was just bang, bang. And yeah. we had our jobs nailed off. You know, no matter what fullback was behind us, you know, I've had a few now. And Jordan had a few, but we just um that was that was our formation and, and we'd never veer from that. We were four four one one, whether it was uh, Caden and Billy, whether it was Shane McCartan and Billy, you know, Jan Lowe behind me, Matty Pearson behind me, Adam Buxton behind me, uh, Brad Alliday behind Jordan, Callum Johnson. You know, we've had a big turnover of players, but I think me and Jordan become sort of mainstays in, in them roles and done pretty well. Yeah, he certainly did. Um, I'm thinking back then, so obviously the club's night and day to what it was when you first joined us. Um, what was it like thinking back to that time when you first came to Stanley? What What were your thoughts as like a very, very young professional coming in? What was the club like? What What were, you, what were your first couple of years like? So coming in, I... Um... I was I was I was a later mate. Obviously playing, going and and being let go from Liverpool and playing um, non-league and then doing well there and 
obviously Atkinson coming in and paying money for me. I remember that it was a it was deadline day. I think I signed in um, it might have been the last day of January. I remember going to um, Skem's chairman and saying, "Listen, you you can't stop me from going here because he wanted more money." And um, at the time, Atkinson didn't want to give more money. I can't remember how much the fee was, but it was Eric Worley. Obviously, Eric was the chairman. Then. Yeah, so I'm, yeah, I'm, God, I'm, God bless I'm thinking, his soul. I'm thinking it, it, he wouldn't want to part. He wouldn't have wanted to part with any money whatsoever. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I think, I think he put a bid and he had a bid turned down, and they come back in deadline day. And obviously, with, 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 with me having a close relationship with Jimmy, he was like, "Listen, they're not going to go anymore." So it's sort of down to you. So I remember getting in the car with my dad, driving up to the um, to meet the chairman, and I was like, "Listen, you just." You, you, it's a chance of a lifetime. You know, I was only there a year and a half, but I felt like I could give them a little bit of good service. You know, I scored a lot of goals for them. I had a good relationship with the manager. And in the end, he he he, he sort of let me go with his tail in between his legs. You know, he wanted more, but he didn't get it. And he sort of he sort of just thought, you know, we can't stand in the large way. You know, he wants to go and make a living out the game and he wants to he wants to progress his career, what have you, and he did let me go in the end. And the first like the first six six to eight months I struggled. I struggled with the, the, the level, you know, and I see I see it happening quite quite regular now when, you know, non league players do step up into League Two, League One. But I was still in a baby's body at the time. So I was eighteen, probably still in a sixteen year old body. And I'm going into the changing room full of, you know, men. Yeah. You know, at that time, it was, you know, you'd have Peter Cavana as the captain. You'd have, you know, big, big, big Mullers up front. You'd have Prochy. So these are established men. And I'm, I, I, you know, although playing, playing, um, playing non league like I did, and I did play against obviously men, but I was always a bit more sharper up, upstairs than what a players are played against. So I got away with it and I was always technically good. But when you step up the levels, the technically good, the technically good, and the strong, so you need both. So it took me six months to sort of mature into into a man's body, which took work in the gym, which took, um, as I say, most of it was in the gym. Thinking, you know, I need to, I need to get stronger, I need to uh, mature myself into a man's body because if I don't, I won't last longer. Because you can't be getting pushed off the ball, you can't be. Um, you just you just need to you just need to, as I say playing with men it's harder and um, I struggled for six to eight months and then when I, I there was actually at time maybe like three months in when I thought I can't do this I was thinking do we just do we just give up and maybe go back to where I came from and you know just I went through a bit of a confidence crisis because I went in the team I think he put me in the team for a couple of games and I struggled. And obviously, at that time, the fans weren't fully behind me because obviously coming in, being Jimmy's nephew, it was like, it was sort of, I had that tag on me. Do you know what I mean? So it was like I had to doubly impress. And I, in the early in the early part, it got to me. And I was thinking, oh God, here we go. And then when I would go in the team, I was nervous, thinking, don't want to give the ball away, didn't want to express myself. And then, to be fair to the gaffer, I just, different chats with him and you know the man manager that he is he said listen you you don't have to do it now you you know you, you signed I think I signed a two and a half year deal you just get yourself right be in the gym after training stay after training work on your crossing work on your passing do different things and, and that's what I did I just knuckled down and tried to work harder and um, it culminated in the start of the season we got in the playoffs pre-season I remember going back to that pre-season, hitting the ground running. I think I'd done like four weeks prior to pre-season. I didn't have a summer. I remember I was just running. I was in the park running. I was doing weights and I was thinking, I'm going to go back to the season flying. Because the season before, I was in and out with John Miles, the manager. The man, it used to be like a, a running thing. It was by the Milesy or me. And I think uh, at that time, the gaffer liked Milesy, but Jimmy Bell liked me. And he used to always, uh, he used to, I remember them arguing. I said, you've got to play him. And he was like, no, I'm playing John. And uh, as I say, but I think we played half and half the games and I thought, this next season, I'm going to nail down my place. You know, I, I was close with Mars. He's a great lad, but I thought, I need to be playing now. 
So I'm 2021 now. I need to be making my mark in the team. I've got I've grounded myself. I know what the game looks like. As I say, I've come to terms with different things, and I'm going to try and get myself uh, get myself in the team. And I come back to that preseason flying, mate. I was absolutely flying. I was at the front of the running. Um, we were playing games. I can't remember the preseason games, but I was scoring goals. I think it helped the fact that that year we signed players who were, I played at Liverpool with. So you think you're Ray Putterdles, you Charlie Barnett, you Craig Linfield. They're in my youth team coming through Liverpool. Okay. So I felt more, I probably felt more at home, you know, with these lads. And then you had your experience that with like your Sean Essies and your Phil Edwards and your Symesies. You, you, you know what I mean? We had, we had a great team. And uh, Bobby Grant as well. Bobby was in the year below me at Liverpool. So as I say, I sort of felt felt at home that year and hit the ground running, you know, started. I think it was the first league game. I got a hat-trick against Macclesfield. And then I just didn't look back, mate. And uh, as I say, once I was in the team, still had the, the question marks of, you know, he's this and that. And as I say, in that early spell, I, I probably had that for the first, well, well it was for, before I left for Stockport. I had them question marks over me as um, from a certain section of the supporters. But that year, I just, as I say, I, I was flying. I really was. Everything I ate was going in. You know, we were winning games. We went through a spell where we were just like, we were squashing teams and we were three and four and a up at half time, a lot of games. And it was like, wow, we had we had top players. We played a certain style of football, which um, which a lot of teams play now, which credits to the gaffer. He, he brought that in after going to the World Cup. I think he went to the World Cup that summer and he was like, I'm going to play this 4-2-3-1 formation. So we worked on a pre-season, we mastered it and, you know, teams couldn't live with us. As I say, the team, looking back at the team we had there, you know, with Jamie Ryan, Joycey, Crocky, uh, Ray Putterdale, Charlie Barney, uh, Sean Essie, Joe Jacobson. We had a top side, you know, and probably disappointing that we didn't actually go up that year. But with the, with the financial sides of it, it's probably done us a favour because, as I say, back then, mate, we, we were hands to mouth, you know, we'd go him. Um, we go months without getting paid, and it become a running joke. I, I don't know whether Rob Hayes listens to this, but he was the go-to to get your wages. So you'd be like, "Fucking hell, it's the first I haven't been paid yet." You text Rob or you try and phone him, or you try and phone the club, and it'd be, oh, "Where's Rob? He's on his dinner." It'd be half ten in the morning. Rob Hayes would be on his dinner. <laughs> Honest to God, half two in the afternoon. Where is he? He's still on his dinner. This is every day I'm thinking, oh, for fuck's sake, all the lads are the same. <laughs> so we're getting the changing rooms. He's like, fucking, this is Robbie, you know, he's out, he's on his dinner. You just couldn't get hold of him because he was the man that I'd tell you, you know. And I think the lads at that time just wanted a bit of transparency, like, honestly, just tell us, you know, tell us two days before we're meant to be getting paid. It's not going to be going in, lads. You know, you're going to get it a week later or whatever. Because at that time, the club was struggling. If the lads recognised that, but, you know, we never did. You know, he he probably just felt maybe a bit of bit of change. I don't know. He's a he's a good fella, you know what I mean? But it was as I say, it was a running joke. And then it was like I'll put half in now and then half in on the sixteenth. <laughs> so then the lads are like half chips now, half rice on the sixteenth. It was just like a running joke, you know what I mean? Trying to get your money. And it had to be like that because if lads took it serious, the results on the pitch would have dipped. So as a group, we sort of thought, you know what, siege mentality, you know, we're not gonna get our money any quicker. The same, we're going to get it. We'll get it. So we'll just um, we'll just make a joke out of it. And the, the, that that come from the gaffer, you know. He, you know, he obviously had players going to him. You know, had mortgages, uh, bills to pay, and you know, he, he sort of got that ethos of if I go too serious and and try and like build it up into a big thing, it'll affect performances on the pitch. But he spun it the other way. And although, like, he'd make a joke of it, the lads would be thinking, he's joking about us not getting our money here, which, which is which is scandalous, but it, you'd end up laughing about it. It was absolutely ridiculous. And then, uh, but that's just the way, that's just the way it was. You know, that, as I say, you went, you went, you went different months with, with, with your, your wages being late and whatnot. But um, I've got to say, there, there, was a, there was a good point when we played Fulham. We played Fulham, remember, at the FA Cup game. Yeah. Roy Hodgson didn't get changed. His team didn't get changed in the dressing room. So Willius Khan come in after the game and um, he said, right, lads, uh, I made up with your performance. He says, I want to give you a grand each. Just give everyone a grand. Give it to Coley and uh, 
after a year of, as I say, up and down with, with your payments and whatnot, everyone was made up with that. But that, as I say, that season, that was the season before, actually, that was the, the season before. But that first spell, as I say, it was littered with, with off-field off issues and, you know, the club nearly went. We had that um, we had that season where we nearly went bust and Ilias, Ilias saved us at the last minute. Uh, with the tax, with the tax bill, and as I say, we, we, even 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 at that stage, the, the lads just just were like, I think I think we still went on a good one then, when we thought we were going to go bust and we weren't getting our money, and you know there was days where like he'd just be going into the office and asking Rob for for bank charges, and he'd be like mm-hmm. just pulling money out of us trying to get money from here, there, and everywhere, and it was a. Um, it was it was intense. It was, it was as I say. You, you look at where the club is now, and the footing that it's on with Andy Andy Alt. It's 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 uh, it's miles apart. But I still uh, I still look back on on those years with fond memories and smile because you know as I say, it grounds you into the better person, more of a humble person. To be honest, and as I say, I wouldn't change it. Maybe I'd laugh. Yeah. I'd- I, I also look at that time of, of being, I was about 15, 16. I was 16 that year, the first playoff year. And I look at them times as being sort of fond memories. I guess from a player's point of view, you'd laugh and you have a laugh or cry about it, don't you? In terms of getting paid. Exactly. Um, exactly. Like you say as well, Robbie is absolute, <laughs> just with the toughest job in the world, trying to appease. Yeah. 24 people yeah. every single week. I mean, it was the perfect storm that year, wasn't it? Because we had like, the, the team came out of absolutely nowhere again. We pulled all these gems out of like, Coley seems to just pull them out of his ass. It was the first yeah. year. If you remember, that was the year the pitch was, the drains were wrong. They did the drains wrong on it, oh, didn't yeah. they? Oh, so yeah. We had them was, lines on the pitch. Yeah. yeah, it was like a fucking potato field in the middle of the pitch. And yeah. like you said, though, I mean, I remember being stood and, like you said, I remember being like three 0 up against Port Vale uh, at half time. Do you remember that? That was the year, that was the game that like Jim Gannon was fucking getting carted off at, at full time. Um, Oxford, I remember Craney curling one in from like halfway. We were four 0 up against them at half time. It just didn't affect yeah. us, did it? And like you say, we, it was a shame not to go up that year. But I think what happened in the summer, like, was just. It, it it was just a product of all that, weren't it? You can't go on as a young man not being paid month to month, can you? So I think we all expected it as well, like the exodus of the exodus of players at the end of that season. Um, but no one could yeah. really blame them. Yeah, but at that time, just probably fans didn't didn't. Although they maybe knew, they didn't see the impact of what it was having, and. You know, not only was it was, was you not was the wages not not coming in on time and your appearance money and and, and whatnot. It was the the, the training, uh, getting bash from pillar to post. You know, we was at Wilson's one day, Heimbane the next, like the rugby club the next, and it was just like it just become like it's just you know we just want a base, we want a base, and we wanted a, we want our money paid, and that's all you can ask for in any walk of life in any job, and it, and it did cut it like although. The manager made a bit of a joke of it. It did what it did become a bit too much, and you know, privately, you know, the lads will be saying, you know, this is this is this is becoming a bit of a shambles now. Yeah. And um, as I say, with that season, we had to, you know, I think about like I think about Ray Puzzle. You know, Ray was Ray was my um, he was through, he came through Liverpool with me, mate, and he, he's he's a player that he's one of the best players I've played with. He's up there, honestly. He, he he had everything. He had pace. He had power. Left foot, right foot. He was strong. He could shift the ball either side. But he was just an absolute lunatic. He was he was mentally gone in the head. He was just insane. He used to drive to training, and he he just he stopped the car on the way to Blackburn Rugby Club. He'd get his head out the window and he'd just start whist this loud whistle at sheep in the field, and he'd just watch all these sheep just running towards this gate about 90 sheep and he used to do it every day. <laughs> he used to do this mad wolf whistle and just watch sheep run to this gate and he just laughs. <laughs> he was insane, mate. He got us, I think he got us throughout the year. Uh, one of the trophies, didn't he? he? scored the winner at Tramia. Was it the Czech trade? But he'd been sent off for fighting with the referee Sunday league. Yeah, he was... <laughs> that I remember some, that, that some, yeah. <laughs> that summed Ray up. He was, honestly, talent-wise, he was... You speak to players who play with him. 
he had he suffered with a few bad injuries, mate. But he was some player. But he was just an absolute. He was one of the most. Le- Do you remember? I, I, I always remember the um, the FA Cup game. Didn't he score against Huddersfield? Was that when we got beat three two? Did he curl one in? New- Newcastle was it? Was it Newcastle? Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, he, I remember him. It was on playing. Sky One, it yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was absolutely unreal. Um, yeah, well, he had. He, you think he had the Wales manager watching him? Because remember the manager saying Brian Flynn was here, and he was made up with it. He told he told that after squad before we'd gone out to warm up. Brian Flynn's here watching me. Brian Flynn's here watching. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a character he was, mate! Wow. That's what is amazing. he? Uh, what is he up to now? Is he still involved? Or uh, I think the last year he was over in Spain. Marbella somewhere or I don't know where that, but as I say mate he was a um, he was he was an absolute crackpot him what no a job. lad what a lad they don't get that many characters like him in the game much uh, anymore no you know, they're a dying breed they're a dying breed at the minute but he um, I think we had all them rolled into one that season you mentioned that is it what was it like then for you as a young player being involved with all them characters does that help you now when you see young lads coming into the team or how different is it for a young player now coming in compared to you yourself, for example? It's 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 a lot easier now, a lot easier. You know, you you think back then you'd had, I mean, some of the some of the antics that, like I say, the Ian's and Bavins and the Cranies used to get up to, and you know, you're watching some of the the stuff going on, and as a young lad, you you're trying to you know make your way in the game, but you've got to you've got to you've got to build yourself into that side. But luckily for me, I always had that as a um, as a kid growing up. You know, I you know I was brought up on the streets of Liverpool, where you know I didn't have much, but I, you know I had to fight for everything that I had. And you know I've had that since I was a kid, and just just as I say, I think I've had I've, I've had that fighting spirit that that from my upbringing. I probably haven't been able to get rid of it throughout my career as much as I should. As I say, growing up didn't have much and. I've had to fight and scrap for, for everything that I've had. And um the the people that you surround yourself with, uh, you know, certainly, you know, I look back on some of the, the, the daft red cards that I've had in my career and you know, I, I've tried to change that, but I physically can't. You know, sometimes if I see, you know, a lot of the times when there's melees, you know, as a kid, if I'm if, if I'm with my mates and they're going for a fight, I'm there with them, you know, I'm backing them up. And I've had that. I've had that since an eleven-year-old, ten-year-old lad, and I've sort of just stemmed that throughout my career. Um, you know, and I haven't been able to put a full lid on it. You know, I've mellowed it out a little bit, but you know, as I say, if I see my mate going in the street and you know he's having a fight with someone and you know someone jumps him, I'm, I'm there helping him, and that's the same with teammates. I've always been like that. If I see any teammate getting picked on by another player, no matter if it's a teammate that I'm not fond of. That I think you know what I don't really speak to him off the pitch but on the pitch he's like a brother to me and if I see another player from any other team give him any sort of shit or any sort of any sort of anything you know I'm there I'm in his face saying listen you do one and it's been to me detriment to be honest throughout my career because as I say I've had some some daft sendings send off um, well for example like the, the games now would be from that wouldn't it that yeah, would yeah. stem from that yeah as I say I think it's a product from as I say from from the youth and from growing up and probably for you know from 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 a young age losing my mum and she was the discipline disciplinarian in the family where if I'd done something wrong she'd be the one to hone in on me so if I was naughty at school I'd have to ask them to ring my dad because I wouldn't want I wouldn't want them ringing my mum because she'd she'd tell me so with that I, I, as the years went on without her there I didn't sort of have that people to tell me you can't do that getting sent off in the playoffs against Stevenage. You know, yeah. I hope people will say it's daft. You know, my mum said, what are you doing? You fucking can't do that. You know, I've sort of listened to it. Whereas, as I say, it's it's been like a bit of a common theme uh, throughout, like I say, when, when I see teammates or people in life that, that, that I'm close with, if I see them fighting or arguing, you know, I go on the defensive, you know, family, friends, and I'll stick up for them. I'll back them up no matter what. And as I say, that's what I'm suspended for at the minute, being being a uh, being stupid and it's something that something that as I say, at 31, you know, do I want to take it out of the game, that that nastiness and home, you know, being there for your teammates. At this time, I probably have to because the game's gone. 
you know, gone are the days in that first spell, what I'm speaking about, where you could pull someone's ear, you could grab someone's private, and, you, you know, they'd smile at you and you'd, you'd have a pint after the game. You know, someone got banned for, for grabbing someone's thing for Preston the other week. And I'm thinking, that was a that was a regular early on when I was playing. It was just laughter, pulling someone's ear off a corner. You know, if they had long hair, you're pulling it. You know, you're not getting retrospective action on the Monday. You know, you're having a laugh after the game and you're saying, cut your ear, mate, it's too long. I'll pull it again next week when we play it away. And that's the way it was. But now the way the game's going through VAR, through technology, through everything, you can't do anything. You're not allowed to... You know, you look at some of the tacklers that players are getting sent off with. You know, the, the, I don't, I'm not a great tackler, but getting sent off against Lincoln for that. It's never a red card. No. You know, players are getting sent off now for winning the ball and taking the man. Speaking to Jeb Brown the other day, I mean, in, 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 back in the day, people used to congratulate you. Yes, ball and the man, unbelievable tackle. That's, that, that was the way football was. But yeah. now ball and the man, ball and the man, you run the risk of a red card. I hear that. I hear that when you watch when you watch it on TV, and he says, "Oh, ball, then man." Well, I don't understand what what you're expected to do. They expect you not to tackle. Then do they just want tackling completely gone out of the game? That that exactly. word, oh, it, it's dangerous. What what does that mean? I don't understand. Like, I know. And then there's no consistency in it whatsoever either, is there? So you'll you'll see, for example, that tackle you did against Lincoln, and then you watch them on TV. And then the referee sees it completely the other way, and you just think, I just don't understand what direction the game's going in. If do they just want it as a non-contact sport? Do they want it as this stop-start Americanized bollocks where you're not allowed, every, everything's going to VAR, everything's doing it. It's just, especially watching the top level. I mean, like you say, painful, it, yeah. it's gone. The game's yeah, just it's gone. Painful, mate. It's painful. Seeing Wayne Rooney come out yesterday and say. Scrap bar and I'm fully behind in there. You know, I know. What happened to the, the, the all, you know, post-match on a Saturday night when you, you know, you're saying, yeah, we should have had the pen, but we didn't get it. You know, it is what it is. It's talking points for fans. Let them talk about it. Who cares if the referee gets them wrong? You might get the next one wrong. You might get the next one right. But you'd like to think they level themselves out overseas and sometimes they might not. But it is what it is. You, you might be on the good side of that. You might be on the bad side of that. You know, you can't have players scoring and not celebrating. Yeah. straight away you know you've got players scoring winners you know you think about my winner Farahi against Blackpool last minute imagine that's a Premier League game and that's VAR I'm scoring that I'm not taking my top off I'm not running to our fans because I'm thinking you know is there a fucking handball in the build up is, is you know is something happened here and it's just taking the, the, the fun out fun totally out the game for me you know I get I, you know there's certain things like the goal line technology brilliant keep that in referees watch yeah to goal keep that in but just scrap the VAR, you know, and let's let let, let you know bring tackling back into the game. You know, play with with players in, in you know Iraqi and other clubs who actually build their game on tackling, and um, they'll be a dying art in the game. You know, you think yeah. you're Keane, you've your and you know players who just love to get stuck in. You know, Sam Finley was one. A fleet, uh, he's a Fleetwood now. He was a player that he loved to tackle, and and fans loved him for that. You know, he he was aggressive in the tackle and. And you know, become he become a, 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 a crowd favourite for that. But them type of players will be a dying breed the way the game's going. Yeah, I think the issue is as well. It's not like it, like you said, discussing decisions down the pub. That that is part of it. But it hasn't even got rid of that. And instead, we're just discussing, you know, even with VAR, how is that not a penalty when that one last week was? So I just like you said, I just don't get it at all. Um, you mentioned there before just about your so you in your first spell there you always thought there was question marks over you. I've had a few yeah. people ask me on Twitter, are you are you aware of Aki Webb or not? Have you heard of that before? Uh, I'm aware of it from uh, from the Gaffer and Jimmy. To be honest, the uh, it was it was like a, a running joke whenever the um, whenever I'd score or whenever I'd do something. You know, you'd be the toast of Aki Webb tonight. But to be honest, Josh, I've never looked at it or I've never went on any platform like that. You know, probably the way they speak about it, I, I probably hear him. I wouldn't play so many games if I read some of the, the, the shite that was talked about me. It's, uh, there's some absolute drivel on it, trust me, yeah. It is what it is, mate. It is what it is, like I say. You know, in the first spell for the first, for the for a certain part of, the, you know, the first maybe six or eight months, I, I wasn't good enough, like I said, but 
that was more from um, as I say, not not being not maturing into into a man's body quick enough, which I couldn't really control. You know, I'd I'd worked, so I didn't really have the access to to the gym at the time, or so I was just playing footy for scam, enjoying it. You know, going. I think I was on a contract of like 110 quid, and I was just enjoying playing footy with my mates. And um, I never ever thought of me to get in the gym here, but as I say, when I made that step up, but that was the thing that I noticed most was fucking hell. These are physically strong men here. You know, you think about Paul Mullen. Yeah. And I was a, I was a, I was a, you know, ten stones different wet, and you, you're coming up against Mullers and training, thinking fucking hell. You're getting that forearm, forearm into your back. And he's holding you off, flicking heads on you, thinking, wow, this is actually at a, a different level. But uh, back to the question, you know, as I say, it was it was a bit of a bit of a running joke with, with the with the management team whenever I'd score or or do well, like I say, but um the fans the fans in, in that in that in that first spell, I feel like they, they, they castized me a little bit just for the fact that I was Jimmy Bell's ne- nephew. And sometimes they never really give me the um they never judge me off my performances. Certainly in the last season because I, I knew I was I was on the I was at the top of the game in that last year and I was still getting question marks, which probably was unfair. Um but it is what it was. And then I left under that dark cloud, come back, and then question marks probably materialised more so because of what the, the way I'd left. You know, I wasn't the only one that left for, for the... Um... Hey, there was only two that stayed, I think. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the thing was, just, I, I, I think I regret the interview that I'd done when I'd signed for Stockport because I saw to quote some money for, for, and I shouldn't have. But it, but, but at that time, that was... that was that. was You know, players won't say it publicly, but, but most of the time at our level, it is. You know, you're not moving down another league. Or you're not, you know, you're not staying in the same league, going to a club less because they've got ambition, or because they're a good club, or because you love that club. You know, it's because they've they're, because they're offering you more money, and it was the way it was. You know, at, at the time, you know, I, I should have just said, "Listen, I see this as a challenge," and all that usual jargon that players come out with. You know, I've got the, you know, the stockport or the this and the that, but I didn't. You know, when I quoted like the, you know, the if you're a bricklayer type of thing and you get offered 600 quid there, 300 quid there, which you shouldn't have, I just should have just done that odd cliche interview and, you know, maybe it wouldn't have come back, but I, I do, I do. to be honest, I do regret that decision. Looking back now, I, I definitely do regret it because um, the, 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 biggest, the biggest thing, I just, I just had my first daughter, so, the, 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 the theme of not getting paid monthly and not being able to to fully put put down, you know, m- uh, mortgage payments, car payments on the on the on the first two weeks of, of every month, maybe having to beg, borrow, and steal to pay them to then get paid to pay other people back was becoming a bit of a bully. And I thought, do I want that? Do I want that that mess for for another couple of years? I think Accrington offered me a three, a two or three year deal then. And I thought, but but you know, you're chasing your wages every month. You know, go somewhere else. You know, they've offered me a little bit more money, and I won't be chasing my wage, even though it was dropping down a level. But um, I do regret it because you know I was young, I was naive, very naive. Looking back now, I, I didn't realise the importance of being a football league player, and how 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 um how privileged you are to play in the football league. At that age, that doesn't come into your reckoning. You know, I was a bit of a, a bit of a maverick at that age, and I was thinking, you know, money money orientated. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. You know, I don't want to not get paid. You know, I want to. I want this. I want to put this down. I want to be a build these routes. You know, I've got a, I've got a baby now. I've got to be more mature. I need that money. And um, the actual footballing decision didn't come into my head as much as it should. And I didn't have the I didn't have the right people around me at that time to say, listen, you might turn. X amount a bit more, yeah. But if you stay here in the football league for another year as a young player, if you have the same season as what you had last year, you're not going to, on more money in the conference. You're going to the championship because you're still young. And um, as I say, I didn't have that mate, and it was at that time. As I say, I regret the decision now because you know the the, the 
my my best footballs come come at this club, and you know what? Firmly see myself never leaving the club uh, for another club. You know, if, if, if another club come in now for offering me, you know, unless it was life changing money, I, I couldn't see myself going anywhere else because it just, you know, you'd actually dad, I love coming into the place. I love the people around the building, you know, friendly people, the office staff, you know, John Osty, your dad, um, Dave Burgess, Mark Turner, Danny, Dan. You know, with all the coaching staff, Jed, John, Jimmy, it's it's just an environment that um, it makes you want to go into work. And if you've got that and you enjoy your work, you're, you're, at a, you're at a good place in your life. And for me, I've certainly got that, that at the minute and, and certainly no amount of money would, would change that. But going back to, going back to the, um, as I say, going back to that first spell, it was um, leaving under that cloud, as I say, I regret it, but it was one of them things, mate. You know, you live and you learn. I, th- I think it's easy for you to, like you say, you've got that security now. It might have been a different story if you'd have come back to Stanley and it was still that same old chasing your wages. I, I don't think anyone can begrudge you that decision because I think it's something that anyone in the right mind would do. We are, like you say, we're a newborn baby. And and as well, it's easy to forget now that Stockport, we're, they're a big club, aren't they, as well? You know, and Diddy yeah. Aman, Diddy Aman was the manager as well, and stuff like that. So <laughs> it was I a think... strange one because I'd met, I'd met Diddy. I, I was out, obviously out of contract at Achi, and Achi had offered me a new deal, and I was only on buttons my first deal at Achi. Obviously coming from um, from Primark and getting signed by Scan. I went on a way, I went on a great deal. And Jimmy Bell tells the story. So back then, at the end of every year, it, it wasn't like now. So you'd have twelve players in the office. And they'd be getting called in one by one, and it'd be like, right, lads, I'm not. They haven't offered me nothing. Shake my hands, and I'm off. And it was yeah. quite a quite a surreal moment back then. It was like, no, I'll just play with you for a year, and I won't see you again. You know, it was strange. Then another lad would come back in and say, yes, been offered a two year deal, bit more dope. You know, season the summer, lads. That was the way it was. You're all sitting around a, around a room with a coffee, waiting to go and see the manager and Jimmy. So I knew I'd had a good season. And I went on a great deal, you know. I, I, I can't remember what it was. I, was on, I, was on, I went on, as I say, I went on a great deal anyway. So I'll go into his office, and you know what they're like. He's sitting there, and the gaffer's sitting there, and he goes, uh, So, what do you think you've done this year? And I go, To be honest, I think I've done all right, yeah. 13, had all my stats in my head 13, 14 goals, 12 assists. I think I've done quite well. Well, I, I think you've done all right. And I've gone all right. And he went, Yeah, yeah, I think you've done all right. I think you've done well. And I'm thinking, oh, is he, he's just trying to, uh, he's going to offer me something, but he's just, he's just down playing, he's going to offer me like 50 quid more or something like that. So then he goes, uh, he goes, as I say, when I go, he goes, I'm going to double your money. And I've gone, oh my God, fantastic. So I'm bubbling inside now thinking, as I say, we're in a great deal. So he's doubled it to, to, to not a great deal anyway. But yeah. at that time, I'm young and I'm thinking, get in, double me wages, I'm having a good season. <laughs> So uh, so Jimmy says, like, he's seen the smile on my face and he still speaks about it now. You know, I've sort of danced out the office back into the room thinking, get in. And then, like, a week later, as I say, someone from Stockport rang me and um, it was the, the fellow, the scouse fellow he was taking over. And he said, uh, I want to get you on a meet with you, dear man. You know, I've just took over Stockport and I want to sign you. And he wants to meet you. But in the back of my head, I'm thinking, what the Achie just offered me, you know, was a boss deal. So I don't think you, you can match that, not knowing the game that well then. So I go and sit down with Diddy and this fella. It was in a, it was in Kirby, the Sweet Hotel. And obviously being an Everton fan, you know, Liverpool fans, Diddy and man would be like a lord. But, you know, he's just a Liverpool player to me. Yeah. And I'm sitting there and he's got like this blinky eye. And I'm thinking, you know, he's a big fella. <clears throat> and I'm thinking, uh, he's saying, want to build the team around you. I want to do this, want to do that. And I'm thinking, just get to how much you're going to offer me. <laughs> you know, fuck this small talk off. What are you going to give me? So then he offers me, he offers me more again than what Achi offered me on. So I'm thinking, what do we do here? Again, not thinking, like I say, not thinking rationally about anything. I ended up, uh, I ended up signing. And then the first, I had to phone, obviously, John and Jimmy. And he was like, Jimmy was like, you cheeky little cunt. You fucking danced out that office when we offered what you'd have got offered. We thought he's he's gonna fall, he's gonna come back in and sign it now. 
the way you danced out the office and you're fucking going to sign him for them, you cheeky yeah. And he fell out with me. He won't fell out with me for like three or four months, wouldn't speak to me. Which is fair enough, you know what I mean? But at that time, as I say, you just at the time you just think of like not getting paid money and orientated and whatnot. But it was a as I say, it was <laughs> it was a funny time. They tell a story about Andy Mangan when he was there and he said uh, Paul Cook was in his ear. I think he was only on like two hundred quid or something man, at the time. So Paul Cook's been in his ear travelling in with him all week, saying, uh, you've got to be in for a new deal here, man. You're scoring goals, blah, blah, blah. You need to get in for a new deal. So Mangs goes and sees Jimmy and John, and Cookie's in the office. So Mangy's speaking to um, Jimmy and John. Yeah, we're going to offer you a new deal, Mangs. We're going to offer you a... But Cookie's been saying to Mangs all week, you, you need five ton. You'll get five ton. You'll get 500 quid off them. So he's in the office sitting, and uh, we're going to offer you a new deal, Mangs. You know, what would you like? And Mangs goes... Five ton. Cookies in the corner goes, You cheeky cunt, 500 quid. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So he's done it. He's been in his ear all week in the car saying, You'll get five ton, you'll get five ton. Soon as Mang says five ton, Cookie's gone, You've got a cheeky, the young lad, you want that much? So Mangy's gone, Hang on, so what are you offering me? So I think they've offered him like three ton, and Mangy's gone. So I'm on shit dough and you're offering me more shit dough. <laughs> <laughs> Walks out the office with his tail between his legs. Oh my <laughs> god. Right, it made some of the stories, honest to God. That That's makes... the way it was. Like that, that 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 room that you had, it was like I remember I think it was maybe remember Chris Turner? I think yeah. the year he got let go. And obviously it was quite close to Chris because he was a similar age. And he come in and was like devastated, you know, he didn't get off of the uh, and it was like being back at Liverpool Academy, you know, when you you're sitting around that room, it's different now. So players half see the writing on the wall and the manager will pull them maybe in the march and give them the heads up and say, Listen, you're surplus in the summer, you know, you can you can find another club type thing. But back then it was we saved it to the last day of the season. We'd be we'd play on the Saturday and then we'd be on the Sunday, sitting in this room thinking, you know, just what else? Don't know what's gonna happen. Here. I remember watching it on um do you remember that there was that off that documentary that they did? I remember they filmed that they filmed that sort of that day when players were coming in. It was like Leighton McGiven, people like that were leaving without a contract. So I remember the yeah. it was sod's law. I was talking to Chris Turner the other day actually. He's a te- he's a teacher now, I think. Yeah, I follow um, on Instagram. Yeah. I follow on Instagram, yeah. He was talking about um the, the goal he scored against Cheltenham did you play in that game that was that will probably yeah. be your first year won't it yeah yeah drew. I played in that game mate yeah yeah but again wow. Chris was Chris was a good player he was a, obviously a local lad but when I first come he had, he had that physicality straight away Chris where he he was quick and he was direct and um, he sort of hit the ground running he went through a bit of a paper patch where he was there was a couple of other clubs looking at him <coughs> and then um I think it's just sort of uh, just sort of faded out, but he was a good player. Yeah, he was decent. Uh, yeah, it's it's a running well. So if you ever do go on that Aki web, so up till now, the first thread on the Sean Mack thread because it's like an old school, you know, one of them shit old forums. So every yeah. everything stays there. It's like a chat room. So the first thread okay. on you was like 2011 when you leave, and in yeah. that time, it's got. 1500 posts and a whole 114,000 views. Uh, so whatever, whatever you 114,000 people looking at it. <laughs> oh wow, and it's just 40, I was 40, 1400, 1400 then posted from Jimmy Bell. Yeah, wait, I was reading telling some me, of them telling me I'm shit. I was reading some of them last <laughs> night, and some of them original ones are fucking. I bet some of them have, I bet people have read back those. And then when you came back and obviously did well again and you've gone on to do records and stuff like that, people have quoted the original posts said by people and oh. put, oh, you're bigging him up now, but in 2012 <laughs> you were saying this about him. So it, it is yeah. quite fun. It is known for that AccuWeb actually and it's known for being a um, anti-John uh, and Jimmy Clase as well over the years. So. Yeah. I wouldn't read too much into it, mate. No, nah, most forums are, mate, aren't they? But, you know, I've heard a few people call me the Aki Web legend, as they, as they call me, so I'll take, that, uh, take that on the chin and, and just roll with it. 
Once again, many thanks to Sean for giving up his valuable time to speak to me. And keep your eyes out for part two, which will be with you very, very soon. Thank you for tuning into Raw Milk. Our theme music is Mr. Powder by Deja Vega. Our producer is Scott Borton. Follow us at Raw Milk Zine on Twitter and Instagram and Raw Milk Fanzine on Facebook. You can also download, subscribe and like all of our podcasts at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Up the Reds! Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.